Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Locals to Legends Wrestling Radio, brought to you by Rockstar Records, 810 East Main Street, Tupelo, Mississippi, 662-269-3745. Welcome to Locals to Legends Podcast with your host, the voice of $10 Wrestling, noted author that has never been published, and the heaviest CWA light heavyweight champion in history, the king of all wrestling media, Gene Jackson, and his co-host, the star of Taylor TV, the man who has wrestled Jerry Lawler 1,239 times and never won, Neil the Real Deal Taylor. Sunday night, it's 10 p.m., you know what time it is, it's time once again for Locals of Legends Wrestling Radio, I'm your host, the king of all wrestling media, Gene Jackson, and of course, as always, I'm joined by none other than Neil, the real deal Taylor. Neil, how are we doing, sir? Man, I'm uh, struggling over here, Gene, uh, I was out last <laughs> night and went to... Uh, Drove up to Tunica with uh, our buddy Hollywood Jimmy to see Wayne Brady last night, and uh, Wayne Brady pulled the old no-show last night, so we ended up uh, trying to make some uh, some different plans, and I didn't, I didn't get into bed this morning until about two something, so I'm I'm struggling, but hey, we're gonna we're gonna persevere, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna move right on through this thing. Um, how was your trip this week? I know you were out of town all week long. Yeah, we had our, uh, my company had the, the end of the fiscal year meetings that they have in Northwest Arkansas every year. Sometimes they're in Bentonville, uh, this year in Fort Smith, which is a little closer than going all the way to Bentonville. So there was that at least. Uh, but you know, about nine and a half hours, uh, one way in the car, a lot of time to listen to wrestling podcasts and comedy podcasts and things of that nature. Uh, check them out going over there. Check them out coming back. And uh, as I drove uh, back towards Mississippi on Wednesday, actually, I left Fort Smith around 2 o'clock on Wednesday and drove to Aberdeen. Uh, and actually saw my family for the third time in the last seven, eight months, whatever it is. And uh, as I was driving through Memphis, I remembered that a, a certain podcast was dropping that day. So as I was stuck in traffic for a few minutes, I pulled it up uh, and, and downloaded it. And so I listened to uh, Neil the Real Deal Taylor on the Kill Pop Culture podcast. And uh, it was a really good interview, man. Uh, them guys, they, they did a great job uh, asking you questions about wrestling. And you had some fun stories, uh, the quote that I've post on Facebook, you know, only in wrestling can you have a story that features the, the quote, the guy in the wheelchair has a knife. <laughs> <laughs> it was a, uh, yeah, that, yeah, 
it was uh it was a lot of fun uh the interview um i guess to do something different than we normally do here and um you know and our podcast is a little bit different than most and the fact that we do it live um we actually recorded that podcast last sunday and um and uh, we actually took a break in the middle of it and everything, but uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, uh, got to tell a few stories on there and uh, uh, just enjoyed it. Uh, Mark and, and Germ did, a, did an excellent job putting it together. I actually listened to it myself uh, Thursday afternoon. And uh, for anybody that wants to hear it, uh, I know we're going to post it uh, a link to it on our local com page. But uh, uh, if you want to cruise on over now, it's actually killpopculture.podomatic.com. And uh, you can hear the interview that I did there. It's actually episode 69. We all got a big kick out of that. But um, it's uh, it was a good interview. It was a lot of fun. Uh, enjoyed talking to them guys. And uh, hopefully uh, uh, maybe even have uh, Mark and Jerm on our podcast at some point. Do a little cross-promoting there, I guess. And uh, but it was a lot of Absolutely. fun. It was a uh, it was a, it was a fun interview. I I enjoyed it. Yeah, it was. It was really good. Now, for those listening, uh, don't take his advice and cruise over there right now and go listen to it. Listen to our shit first, right? And then once you get to listen to, <laughs> to this tremendous podcast, then you can go over and listen to Neil's interview with Kill Pop Culture uh, later <laughs> at, a, at a time to be specified. Uh, at a later date, but uh, so yeah, it was it was a it was a great interview, and and you know not to you know everybody's bitching lately about uh everybody's killing kayfabe, but you know not to kill too much kayfabe on our show, but you know we are live, but we're also uh, via telephone. I don't know if everybody realizes yeah. that that I'm in Alabama and you're in Mississippi, and our caller is wherever they're at. Uh, but you actually went out to like the middle of BFE uh, to where they have a actual <laughs> podcast studio. And uh, recorded this face to face, which is, I guess, a different experience from what you're used to. Yeah, that was uh, that was that was neat to do. Uh, like I said, you know, and you know, you and I, and and some of the technical issues we've had, and some of the other, some of the other things that you know, we 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 face a little bit different demons sometimes, and a lot of people realize the fact that you know, you and I are. 200 miles apart, but, uh, yeah, I actually drove out to, um, uh, they actually have a studio, uh, set up kind of in a man cave up behind Mark's house. And, um, uh, just really cool to, to go out there. It actually had a bar in it and everything. So it was, uh, uh, it was a lot of fun to do that one, but, uh, but, but yeah, we, uh, I enjoyed, uh, enjoyed my time out there and, uh, they're already talking about having me back cause they, uh, <clears throat> wanted to hear some more stories and stuff. So, um, uh, look forward maybe to getting to go back out there. Uh, cool. Gina, I was going to ask you, yeah, I was going to ask you about, uh, a podcast you were, you did with Dustin Starr that's getting, uh, some rave reviews on, uh, Twitter. Uh, what can you tell me about that? Well, what it is, it actually, uh, BT, Coach BT, who does, you know, his podcast, the shooting the shiznit. 30-minute podcast, uh, he, he does them with different people, and sometimes he does them on different topics. And he did one, uh, the topic was wrestling Jerry Lawler. And so in the first 15 minutes of the of the show, he, he talked to Dustin uh, about wrestling Jerry Lawler. And in the second <clears throat> half, uh, he spoke to me about, you know, 
our experience wrestling Jerry Lawler, and of course my my friend Memphis Monroe, who also wrestled Jerry Lawler, who Brian didn't realize. So uh, apparently that episode's doing really well. Uh, he's done quite a few episodes. He's had Michael Elgin and different people on, and apparently mine and Dustin's uh, episode is is you know getting downloaded quite a bit. And uh, I'll you know I'll go ahead and say that's that's probably because of me and not you know not Dustin Star, but you know I, I could be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah I'll, I'll claim it nonetheless. <laughs> hey, but, uh, real quick, damn right. Yeah, you know, if you don't, I mean, if you don't, who will? <laughs> truth be told, they were hoping to hear Maria on there, and we both disappointed them. But anyway, uh, before we bring our guest on, <laughs> we're about to because he's been waiting for a couple of minutes now. But I did want to say, especially since you mentioned uh, Dustin Star, uh, our friend Dustin Star uh, had a. Uh, a unique opportunity this weekend as uh, it was our good friend and, and former podcast guest, Derek King's birthday on Saturday. And uh, on his birthday, he wrestled Dustin Starr in what is Derek's very first retirement match. So we want to congratulate Derek <laughs> uh, on his first retirement match. You know, they say you never, you never forget your first. And uh, I, I, I sent him a message and told him I felt bad that I couldn't make it there for that one that I promise that I will do my very best to make it to his next retirement match uh, whenever that turns out to be in a couple of years, I'm sure. <laughs> I just, I'm just really struggling with this. I can't, uh, I can't bring, bring myself to say that he's retiring because I just, Derek will never retire. I've, me and Derek, had this before his retirement match, already yeah. had like, he already had three, three more matches scheduled for like June and July. I, I ripped yeah, him about I that in Tupelo last weekend. I gave him hell about that. And <laughs> but anyway, we'll, we'll talk, we'll get Derek back on here. The, the newly retired Derek King on here very soon. But right now I want to bring on tonight's guest, a guy that I'm very excited yeah. about having on the show. Once again, uh, not only uh, is he a friend of mine, but he's also a friend and uh, a somewhat recent opponent of Neil Taylor. And, of course, I'm talking about the one, the only, Jeremiah Plunkett. Welcome to the show, Mr. Plunkett. How are you? Dean Neil, how are you guys doing? Doing well, sir. How about yourself? Uh, doing doing <laughs> extremely well. Uh, <laughs> as I told you uh, through, um, through Messenger, I, I've probably got a cast of characters around me right now. So, uh well, that's awesome, man. You, you tag them in anytime, anytime, anytime you'd like. You, you feel free to tag one in. But now, you know, you said you're doing well, but now rumor has it that you're sporting a, a shiner today. That you're you got a black eye. Tell us a little bit about how that happened. Oh man, I just took an uh, elbow. Door. <laughs> it was it was. <laughs> my friends are so mean to me. The door. He fell down the stairs. It was not a man. It was the truth, motherfucker. He fell down the stairs. <laughs> I'm scared to talk publicly. <laughs> you tell them that you fell down the goddamn stairs, boy. <laughs> you were clumsy and you fell down the fucking stairs. <laughs> this is what you tell them. Go ahead and tell the people. We're not live, are we? Are we live? Go ahead. I showed them. I like Sex Ferguson's there. Mike. <laughs> no, I caught it. I caught an elbow, uh, elbow straight to the eye, uh, eye socket last night. So, and it's par for the course. Now that was that uh, that Freedom <laughs> Pro show there at the fairgrounds, right? How did how did that do this time? 
I did pretty well. Uh, I would, I think the number we were given was like 365, somewhere between there. Um, pretty good turnout. Uh, really good show. Uh, the card was definitely stolen uh, by me. No, I'm kidding. Um, crazy Steven Sean Schultz <laughs> definitely uh, stole the show. They're gonna hurt. Me. Now they now they're not holding a gun on you right now or anything. I mean that's 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 straight from the heart there that they sell the show. Or are you are you under duress oh, yeah. that you make that statement? <laughs> no, no, it is one hundred percent true. It is. It really is. No, seriously, they stole the show. They had a hell of a match. I had to watch it well, three times front, on the way man, to where good. we are right now. <laughs> those guys, those guys are good. So that that doesn't surprise me at all to hear that. But uh. So, you know, we got a lot to cover with you here, but one thing that we all know and love about Jeremiah Plunkett is that uh, Jeremiah Plunkett is one of the most positive guys in the wrestling business. You know what I mean? You're not one of these guys that get on on Facebook and bitch about wrestling and, and, and run people down, but today... I don't know if you've been on the Facebooks too much today, but today they've been, you know, there's everybody's been sharing this thing that somebody wrote up, you know, shitting on indie wrestling, and uh, apparently Randy Orton got involved, and and Bubba Ray Dudley and all these people. So, so what's your take on this? Because there, there's been some heated debates that have come out during the day amongst different indie talent, uh, and then and there's some people who haven't been in wrestling long enough to really have an opinion. Uh, going out of their way to state their opinions. So I just wanted to get your take on that real quick, see what the positive perspective on that was. Wrestling's extremely subjective. Some people like comedy. Some people like hardcore. Some people like deathmatch bullshit. Oh, sorry, I guess I just spoke my opinion. Um, no, <laughs> wrestling's subjective. Sorry, uh, some people, yeah, some people like high spot style. Some people still love the old school stuff. Uh, it's different flavors of ice cream, man. If it was all the same, nobody would watch it. Uh, I did see the post. I saw numerous different opinions on the post. It, it's subject, subjective. I, I think that's what's called the super indie style is what was uh, what was talked about. Yeah, man, it's, it's yeah, different flavors yeah. of ice cream. I, I can see if you have a card with every flavor on it, you're going to draw. You're going to put asses every 18 inches, and that's the name of the game. I concur with that. You know, I I don't know that the guy who was just involved with the House of Horrors match has a lot of room to be getting out there shitting on any kind of wrestling right now, but that's, you know, that's just my take on it. Hey, man, everything's been done, so uh, the fact that they're trying to do something different, that's, uh, that's a step in the right direction. I mean, whether it hits or whether it misses, you know, is, is – I mean, there was someone thought the kennel from hell match would be amazing, and it ended up not being good. But if it would have, if it would have, but it, yeah, you laugh. But if it would have been awesome, you know, if it would have turned out oh, yeah. great, we would be talking about it totally different. Well, I mean, I, I think obviously it, it's an attempt to kind of capitalize on uh, the final deletion and a lot of the things that the Hardys did in TNA, which you know, one of your counterparts there was involved with. Uh, and it was just, you know, not a, uh, you know, not a good attempt at it, or at least not a successful attempt at it. Uh, something was lost <laughs> in translation there compared to, to what they did. But anyway, not to, not to spend time on that because Lord knows plenty of other people have. So I'm going to tag Neil in real quick and let Neil ask you a question. Well, 
Jeremiah, I mean, well, we've met a couple of times, and the last time we met, we actually worked together. But uh, I'll start out with the standard interview question, and that is um, how did how long have you been involved in the business, and kind of how did you get in? Uh, so I've been wrestling professionally. Uh, the truth comes out. Now, I, I, I broke in, in in July of 2005, so uh, this year I guess would be 12 years. Um, and uh, I, I broke in, man. It, this is cliche, but it, I, I feel like it wasn't as easy to find a place to train when I uh, when I broke in. So I literally would go to indie shows and ask every wrestler on their way to the ring, uh, "Hey, do you know anybody who trains wrestlers?" And uh, that's kind of how I found my trainers because they're like, hey, we do. Meet me after the show. Uh, so, yeah, that's, legit- that's a legitimate weird story that's probably not very impressive of how I started training and broke into wrestling. Well, I mean, it's – it's um, how I, when, you, uh, when you first started kind of getting involved in training and, and, and that type thing, was there any perceptions you had about wrestling – uh, before you got in the business that kind of changed once you got in and, and kind of saw how things work? <laughs> um, I guess the biggest perception is that everyone made a shit ton of money. That got broken <laughs> really quick. Oh, Extremely wow. quick. When you're done. I am, yes. Wow. I am very dumb, but uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know how I because I went to any shows. It's not like I never went to an independent show, and I don't know how I never did the math. And I was like, hey, there's 20 people here. These guys are rich. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because that's a painful thing for everybody. Blew my mind, and I was like, man, yeah, he must be rich. <laughs> yeah, that was uh. Yeah, I, you know, it's funny. When I got in the business, I never really even thought about it. <laughs> just like, I just want to wrestle. But um, what uh, what what, do you, what was the hardest thing for, for you to learn about the business? And, and we've asked a lot of people that question on on the uh, on the, the podcast. And, you know, some people, you know, talk about the bumps and some people talk about the psychology. And it's it, it it's kind of a, a lot of different things for different people. But what was the, you know, what would, what did you think was like the hardest thing for you to learn, um, you know, when you uh, started training? So uh, <laughs> I think the hardest thing to learn, like, it, it, I don't think, I don't think it's bumps. I don't think it's psychology. Uh, I, I think it's just what <laughs> dealing with asshole friends who are wrestling. Um, no, I think it's the actual art of try of getting over. It. It's not psychology. It's not moves that get you over. You get yourself over, and there's no real way to learn it. As far as charisma, it just kind of happens or it doesn't happen. And I think you're always trying to find that what what. A, a certain crowd digs what will get you over to that crowd. Yeah. And, and being able to, to recognize that exactly, uh, you know, what does this crowd want? Cause that's all we are is what, yeah. Uh, you know, some crowds don't want indie spot fest. Some crowds don't want you to hold a headlock and talk shit to them, but some do. Some crowds will be happy with 20 minutes of holding a headlock and being like, you're fat. Thank God. 
I mean, yeah, and that's Jesus. Thank God for people like me who like doing that. Thank God. I will grab a chin lock and call someone fat for 30 minutes if they keep biting for it. <laughs> that, well, you almost answered my next question. I was going to ask you, um, you know, some of your favorite crowds to be in front of because, I mean, you uh, you cover a lot of area. You, you, you've you worked in, in front of a lot of people in a, in a lot of different uh, – uh, a lot of different – uh, type environments, I guess, is, you know, everything from, you know, kind of the, I call it the new age indie style to the over here in Ripley and Mississippi, you know, in the old Memphis style. <laughs> I going to ask you, I guess, what your favorite is, but I think you just answered that. <laughs> well, not, not really. My favorite crowd is any crowd that pays to see me, man. Um, I, I pride myself in being diverse. I can do comedy. I can hold a headlock and call someone fat for 30 minutes if they keep reacting. And I can go spot for spot with anybody. Now, which one will I be breathing heavier at the end of the day with? Obviously, spot for spot. But, I mean, uh, whatever they want. I get a high from reaction. I don't get a high from, from action. So, if I have to you know, kill myself and do a thousand moves, but it gets a reaction. I'm going to do that. If I have to grab a chin lock and tell somebody I hate them and that makes half the crowd want to jump the ring. Sweet. I mean, I, so I how pride long, myself, like I said, in being diverse. How Absolutely. long into your, your, your time in wrestling, uh, did it, did it click with you the potential for merch? Honestly, uh, Probably way later than it should have. Um, I didn't sell my. I don't think I got T-shirts made until 2011, and that was ridiculous. I don't think I sold my first. Tried to even sell my first merchandise until 2011, um, and then I would I would see guys doing it, and I was like, I'm missing something here. And, and the people want them. The people want pictures. The people want T-shirts. They want a piece of you, and this is a way for them to get a piece of you. So, yeah, I, I discovered way late, and I tried to really make up for that. ProWrestlingTees.com. Look up Jeremiah Plunkett. There you go. <laughs> I mean, that's what I wanted to ask. Because, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, you're known for having some uh, some really cool T-shirt designs. And, uh, you know, and you talked about a few minutes ago, you know, getting in and, and realizing they're, you know, it's, it's not always about the money or, or making a lot of money. But, you know, as far as, as uh, you know, maybe making up for, for, you know, some of your travel and things like that, how much of a game changer was it when you did start slinging the T-shirts and the pictures and stuff like that? Uh, it can be a, a mega game changer. I, I've had nights where I double my rate on merchandise. I've also had nights where I don't move a thing because some little girls in the crowd like Crazy Steve way more than they like me, and their mom won't let them buy a Jeremiah Plunkett t-shirt last night. Um, but, I, <laughs> but, I mean, I, I've, had nights, I've had nights where I was like, I don't know why I even packed this extra tote of merchandise. But it's hit or miss, man, but it's, it's always worth the shot. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, one thing we've been talking to a lot of guests about. So, you know, he asked you when you broke in. What what year exactly was it when you when you broke in? July of 2005. Okay, so 2005. So going from, from Jeremiah breaking into business in 2005 to, to where we stand today, I mean, is it is it pretty amazing what a different world wrestling is? 
today as far as what the opportunities are for indie guys and guys that aren't like huge steroid monsters and, you know, that cookie cutter uh, look that they seem to be looking for back around that time period. Um, how, how much does that, you know, energize you and, and the guys you work with on a, on a weekly basis, knowing that there's so much more opportunity out there right now, probably more so than there's ever been since the territory days. You want to know the funny part of that whole thing? So uh, the whole time the guys were looking for bodies, I never hit the gym and I got fat as shit. And then now that guys are looking more for in-ring work and everything else, I've lost 52 pounds and I'm trying to get in better (laughs) shape. So uh, as with anything in life, I'm ass backwards. But, no, I I do think it's a a refreshing time right now. The mold's always going to change. Uh, You know, constantly what they're looking for is going to change. I think the only constant is there is no constant in professional wrestling. So, but, yeah, when I I broke in, that was the – I don't know if that was the definite, but that was the – the mold that everyone thought that they were looking for a body guy. So everybody was trying to get big and jacked and ripped. And then, and now people are, but I think people also can use that as a crutch too. They can be like, Hey, there's a fat guy on TV. That's why I'm fat. But we're, yeah, we're athletes yeah. and granted, man, I've got a mirror. I, I know what I look like, but I'm always trying to better myself uh, 52 pounds down again. So at the end of the day, you've got to do what makes best to perform in the ring if if that makes sense. I got to chime in on that one. I think like we're John Schultz, by the way, Jeremiah commented on, and there's no constant. I think the constant really is that like, as long as it's entertaining and it's good, people will react to it. And like me and Jeremiah did matches that should not have been done on small indie shows. We did it and it got on the internet. And like, I still get like feedback today, like doing AIW and doing other like bigger indie shows. People watch that and go, man, like you and that Jeremiah Plunk guy, like really did some really great stuff. And the thing that really makes it special to me is that I was healed some of the time. He was healed some of the time. And it's still like people reacted to it. And because we went out of our way to like one, make each other look good two. It was creative. Like, we had some really great creative stuff. And, like, I think that's the constant in wrestling, no matter what. Whether you are six foot five, Braun Strowman looks like a friggin' monster, or you're like five eight, Eddie Guerrero style ish kind of wrestler. Like, if it's creative and it's, and it's fun, everybody's going to react to it, no matter what. Right. Absolutely. Now, I, I guess that, that kind of brings another question. And, I mean, a lot of us, you know, like Neil and everybody here that's in the business kind of somewhat knows this, but for the listeners who are outside the, on the other side of the curtain, uh, you know, everybody gripes and complains about how like in the WWE that everything's scripted and everything's, you know, they've got, you know, writers and they've got people in the back telling them exactly what to do. As you guys go to shows, um, and I know different promoters are different. You go to different size shows and things of that nature, but you know, in general, how much how much um, input do promoters and bookers really have on your matches these days? Are you guys able to go in and do those sorts of things, just kind of, you know, create what you want to create and do what you want to do and experiment and, and have fun? Or, or guys, since they hear that's what the big leagues are doing, do they feel like they need to, you know, pretty much lay everything out for, for indie shows as well? I've seen both. 
Um, I, I've been I've been lucky personally enough to get, you know maybe be be given a fishbone of an idea, but at the end of the day, if we're independent contractors, at the, at the end of the day, if it's live, you know, so if we don't agree with it, we don't have to follow it. That's not always the best best deal, but mostly on the independent. I, I think we're given a lot of creative freedom, and I think that's a good thing to have creative freedom in the hands of, for lack of a better term, the artists. I mean, we know what our strengths are, what our weaknesses are, and what our opponent's strengths and weaknesses are, and we can create some magic through that. I, I gotta, I gotta agree with, with Jeremiah on that. Like, and but I gotta agree, like. I got. I see both sides. Like with Jeremiah, like what he said, like we know what we do, and we know like creatively what we can do, and like how we can pull that off. But at the same time, if you're at that higher level and you have people like Arn Anderson and Jamie Noble, like inputting on what you're doing, like like that's so. How amazing is that? Like they know what you're wanting right. to do, and they're helping you get over what you want to do. Like how amazing is that? Like, you have these great minds helping you put together something that normally, like Jeremiah said, that we're, it's all on us. And that's stressful at times. Like, when you're trying to go out there and, like, you want to really want to kill it and you're trying to make a living at this and it's all on you, yes, creatively, that's a blast. But, two at the same time, it's very stressful. And then you have three or four, like, great minds in the business, like, helping you get coming. I mean, everybody's always like, don't be so scripted and they're going to push who they want to push. Okay. I get that, but also it's a business, and they want to push over like they want to push everybody. Like if everybody is successful, the company is successful, and that's just a silly outlook to have on that company. If you think, well, they're burying that guy because of this, why would they? Why would they hire somebody? Pay them what they're going to pay, move them around, help them find a place to live, help their family survive, and then trash them? That's like really? Have you thought that out? That's not how it works. They want everybody to be successful. And, like, to have help on it, that is amazing. Other people putting your, their two cents in and, like, helping you get what you're doing over, that's amazing. But at the same time, to be able to do the small shows and, and do the indies and, like, be able to creatively create by yourselves, that also is amazing. Like, I see both sides, and I see both sides yeah. being a beautiful creation process. And here's the flip side about the creative freedom. When you do something creative that you believe in and it hits, there's no better feeling in the world. When you think something's going to hit and it misses and you can't get them back. Yeah. You know, you're like, hey, then, it, then when a failure falls on, on you, man, I'll beat, you know, if, if when, if that happens, I'd beat myself up for a month over that. Like what could I have done different? So having somebody who's way smarter than any, any of us could be, you know, way smarter and have, have drawn money themselves and go, Hey, you should do this. That would change everything. And then you go out there and do it and you're like, Oh man, I'm glad they told me that. Cause I was, totally wasn't going to do that. So I, I see both sides as well. Even working with guys like crazy Steve, like working with somebody like that, who can like knows what you do and helps make it better. Like that's, God, that, like, creatively, like, if you don't get off on that as a performer, you know, stop. Stop wrestling with me. Yeah, I was so glad Rosemary sprayed mist in his mouth and let him be able to talk, because before that, trying to decipher stuff from a horn was weird. <laughs> so, is there anybody, like, 
who who they've begun to push in these last few years in WWE. Like one guy in particular, like when he made it, where like everybody was kind of like, shit, we got. I mean, this is awesome. We've all got a shot now. Like, is there any? any I mean, obviously everybody points to Daniel Bryan, who's a small guy, but I mean, super freaking talented and been everywhere, and 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 you know, obviously had you know has a long-term ability to train and do a lot of things for the company. Uh, but maybe outside of him, is there anybody else, like, once they broke through or, you know, made people go, holy shit, and, like, we, we could be there. Because like I was saying before, like, you know, I understand that, you know, different things get over with fans, but there was a time you could go to any show and you could point at the one, you know, muscle guy and go, well, that's the guy that's got a shot, and the rest of these guys are just jacking off. It's, it's not going to happen. But then all of a sudden, you know, you see guys that they never would have pushed before all of a sudden headlining pay-per-views and winning titles. Like, is there anybody that really stands out as where it's like, hey, this is the guy that broke through for all of us? Well, you know, me always being a body guy like I am, I've always thought I had a spot. Uh, No, I mean, Kevin Owens probably for for, for me personally. I mean, uh, you know, you're right, Daniel Bryan with, with the taller guy. But you know Kevin Owens doesn't fit the the body mill uh, body build that they like to look for. Whereas uh, you know Daniel Bryan, although he was shorter, was always you know in really good shape. And when they finally hired somebody like like Kevin and didn't put some gimmick where they called him Husky or something to that effect on him, <laughs> but yeah. you could go you know you could go back and say Husky Harris, and they always looked at him. They're like, hey, he's talented. But once they put the Bray Wyatt, his body no longer was an issue. You right. know what I mean? So it's just finding the right fit for the right person. And I think it's really always been like that. There's always been somebody who wasn't massively huge on the roster. But now I think they're I, – I think talent, it's more of a cream to the rise to the top no matter what. They're, they're right. looking at people to naturally get over right. You know, they're going to push the people they want to push as well, but if you naturally get over, they're not going to ignore that anymore. They cannot. And I think that that's what's refreshing. Now, now a lot of it is on you, you know, but if you're naturally talented and you rise to the top, if you're truly a better worker, not wrestler, wrestler doesn't matter, if you're a better worker than everybody else and those people want to come to see you, if you move more merch, if you sell more tickets, they have no choice but to push you the facts. I mean, they can't. And if they do, it's a detriment to business. Right. And I swear I think well, I mean, that's why... <laughs> but I mean, that's why I get so frustrated with all the negativity that's out there, because like, to me, I would think there's never been a, a more fun time in the last 20 years to be a wrestling fan, because, you know, that there's there's so much you know new things happening like you say the styles are evolving and, and there's there's entertainment there's hot spots there's a little bit of everything everywhere you go uh, most promoters are getting smart enough to mix a lot of that in I mean now you know like my buddy Kevin Brennan I mean there's some weird mixes that you know death matches and comedy and you know all that mixed into one show you, you kind of alienate the crowd at some point in the night but you know. I guess you can't win them all, but uh, is there any is there any instance where you would even consider uh, doing any sort of death match? It depends on what you call a death match. Um, 
Yeah, yeah, really. If it's with Pondo or Necro, hey, they're pretty safe. Um, but no, if it's right. a blow off to a huge feud, like this one I have with this dude I hate and Crazy Steve, uh, if if this gets finished up with something crazy that we've been building up for the better part of two years, yeah, I'd do something nuts. Um, if it's some random show that I'll never be at again and I don't know the guy I'm with, yeah, I'm going to grab a headlock, but brother, um, you can keep those light tubes away from me. It would it would take – it would have to make sense. What would a death match with Chuck Taylor? Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I would pay to see that. I would definitely pay to see that. <laughs> Uh, well, but, Gene, yeah, you I mean, do you promote some of those shows, so you can <laughs> technically pay to see that. I could make that happen, huh? Well, we'll look into that. Chuck Taylor's uh, Sean Schultz death match. <laughs> First time ever. <laughs> no build up. That's the title of your show right there. No build. And well, yeah, that's how you do those death <laughs> matches, man. I mean, and, and you've been to those tournaments, and that's what drives me crazy about them. I have so much heat with those guys because I've, like, gone to the shows and shit on them at like as a part of the show, but like those guys will have those tournaments and two guys will go in there and they'll shake hands. Like it's, you know, a, a highly technical match. And then they beat each other with light tubes and throw each other through, you know, barbed wire and razor wire and glass and light each other on fire and try to kill each other. And this is the end. They'll shake hands and hug with no issue. You know, it's, Well, I mean, I really can't say anything because, I mean, Crazy Steve hit me with a wine bottle a week ago. So, uh, you know, he's an asshole. Yeah, but you and but you and Crazy Steve have been building an angle, though. I mean, that's the thing. Like, if there's a buildup, like you said before, if there's a buildup, I understand it. But when two guys just walk out there cold and have this crazy match, and then, and then at the end we're going to hug each other, like, I just – I don't understand it. It goes against everything that, that I've ever learned or – thought about wrestling but you know i'm stuck in the 80s yeah. most people say i'm like a young jim Cornette or something hey. <laughs> uh, I, i've gotten that too man and uh i, I do agree that the gimmicks are supposed to be left for a blow off the gimmicks aren't the gimmick shouldn't be the draw the wrestler should be the draw you know I, i've wrestled sean and i don't think we've ever had anything other than ourselves involved in the match and we've had some most technical stuff. And then I've wrestled Steve, and we've done all sorts of craziness um, and probably will continue to do all sorts of craziness until that dude gets signed and is a WWE superstar. Um, so, I mean, I have my opinions on it, but, hey, man, if it, again, it, it, damn, that chick is hot. Um, again, it puts an ass every 18 inches. Well, I mean, that's, the, that's minutes, the rumor is he's already been signed. Is, is, is you got an exclusive for the show? Is Crazy Steve going to be popping up on NXT in a couple of weeks? Can we announce that here? No comment because I don't know. <laughs> um, okay. I, I hope to never know and then be watching NXT and go, holy shit, he didn't tell me that asshole. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know. Always I, the best way. I've I, I, I told him, and he and he's not around me. I've told him I hope I, I hope to wrestle him forever, and I hope to never be able to wrestle him again. If that makes sense. And that, that you know, if he, does make sense. If he, if he re- remains on the independence, I'll wrestle this dude forever. But I also hope that he never is able to do another independent booking again because <laughs> he deserves it. Sean Schultz deserves it. 
I, I was just, and this isn't me blowing Sean, but I, I, I told a guy the other day, some dude uh, tried to shit on Sean to me, which is ridiculous. But Sean has reinvented himself at least five times that I know of. He's gone, he's gone to be, he's gone from being big and jacked and huge to being as lean as humanly possible and shredded. He's reinvented himself so many times. He's done everything asked for him. This dude should have been signed. And technically in the ring, I don't know anybody better. And he should have been signed a long time ago. So, man, I, I hope one day I'm on the end. He's going, God, I don't have anybody to work anymore. I need to find some more people because all my dudes got signed. And honestly, I hope to one day be with them too. But I well, mean, yeah, if, if it comes to that time where all, all my dudes who I know who are amazing are signed, I'm okay with that because my buddies got signed. That's the best part about wrestling is that right there, man. Like, you know, the brotherhood and like how we do all this and like how we all like. When you when you're with the real boys, that's the difference in the indies and like the bigger shows. When you get to like everybody's the boys, everybody like really cares for each other and all that. That's when the shows are better, man. Like Freedom Pro last night was cool because like everybody was everybody wants to be good for each other. It's not a selfish act of I got to be good for me. It's man, I I better make sure this guy knows I'm I'm working hard for him. And, like, that's when I think the fans get their money's worth the most, honestly. And, like, I mean, that's not, that's not breaking case, Dave. Like, the fans know. Fans know what we do. Yeah. It's, you know, performance. You know, and, like, I think that's the thing, man. Like, when, when we all in the locker room are like, man, I really got to really gotta pick my game up for this guy. Like, that's when special things really happen. And, like, that goes back to death matches, too. Like, that whole death match thing. Like, there's guys out there that you definitely would do it. Like, I am definitely not known as a deathmatch guy. And when I first started doing AIW, everybody was like, how are you going to fit in there? I'm like, well, just watch. Because I knew it was the boys. And all the boys, like, work hard for each other. And everything's going great and funky, man. Like, I can't tell you how many times people have, like, who's your favorite people to work in top five. Flunky's always on the top five. Because we've never had anything that wasn't anything other than spectacular. You know, it was just fun, right. and the people were in it, and it was good. And, like, go back and watch it, and I watch it and go, man, I don't even remember doing that. It was so cool, you know. And that was such a good thing that, that we did there. And, like, Crazy Steve, like, I don't know of anybody in the industry that isn't hoping that he gets everything he deserves and more. Because the boys just, that's what the boys do. And that's cool. I mean, like, to hear, like, you know, you guys say that stuff and know you, you, you know, you genuinely mean it. You're not, like he said, you're not just blowing smoke up each other's ass or anything. Y'all, y'all all really feel that way. And it's not like you would sit and hate on the other one if they got signed and you didn't, uh, you know, and that's, that's really refreshing to, to hear that and know it's true, you know? Well, that's part of the boys policing the boys too. Cause like, if you hate somebody, that's cause they're, uh, you know, they screwed over the boys. Cause I, I have not met one of the boys who's down for the boys, as the phrase goes, who I haven't wanted to make it. But I've met some dudes who are all about themselves and will fuck over one of the other boys. And I'm like, I hope nothing good ever happens to them. And I know that's not the – you built me up as one of the most positive people in wrestling, and I don't, I don't voice that. But, you know, if you fuck over one of the boys for nothing, like especially for a shot yeah. on, on an independent card, that's ridiculous. Well, you get an extra twenty yeah. bizucks, you know. I mean, that it, it's it's dumb. Um, but yeah, if you'll fuck over one of the guys who's who's risking the same thing you are, yeah, you don't deserve it. 
but that's that's another cool thing in wrestling, man, is that you look a lot, at a lot of people who are making it, and it's a lot of the good dudes, you know, and you, it, may, it makes it where that old phrase that everyone learned in training, uh, it makes it where that's true. The, what is it, the, uh, the something on the way up is the ass you have to kiss on the way down. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The guy you step on on the way up is connected to the ass you kiss on the way down. I mean – it makes it true. Uh, there's there's people who have never got a shot who are getting a shot now, and it's yeah, Pepper Parks. Jesus Christ, I I've never met him myself, but I've seen him on a, on tons of independent shots, and he's amazing. And he's finally getting an opportunity with Impact Wrestling. And mm-hmm. I mean, that dude's been good for years. Tyson Dukes is one of the most technically talented wrestlers ever, and he's finally getting a shot after years. Ty Dillinger was in was in developmental for like eight years. Sean Schultz, the first time I met Sean and we actually became buddies, was telling me this dude named Sean Spears, man. Holy shit, is this brother good? He's finally on TV eight years later. It's a really cool time in wrestling, man. I agree. Like you know, and like I say again, that's that's. That's why I really do hate the negativity because right now there's nothing to be negative about. There's so much good stuff happening for, like you say, for good people. Like guys you see make it, you're like, damn it. You know, I mean, they, they kept at it. And like you said about Sean, just kept recreating themselves, kept adjusting and, and, you know, changing with the times until they hit upon the right thing at the right opportunity and got there. And it's, it's good to see it happening because there's really, I mean, if you if you think about it, I mean, there's really not a lot of shitheads that's popped up where you're like, God dang, that guy freaking made it. What the hell? You know, there's a lot of guys like you just named off. You're like, finally, man, good for him. That's awesome. You know, and that's 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 really cool. And and speaking of cool stuff, let me ask you this at the beginning. That's kind of where I was going with my first question. I got sidetracked. And, but, you know, I know you guys have wrestled there now God knows how many times. But coming up around there the way you did, is it still special to work at the fairgrounds in Nashville just because of the history there? And I'm sure you went to a lot of shows there before you became a wrestler. Uh, I mean, do those shows feel special now, or is it just another damn show? Well, this was my only only my third time personally there. Sean's wrestled there, God, weekly for years. Um I remember I was sitting in the ring uh, last night, and I was looking at a guy, and I was like, you know, it's funny. The first independent show I ever went to was a Burt Prentice show at the fairgrounds, and I pointed out to the brother where I was sitting, and I and I was like, and I remember going to the bathroom uh, at the last intermission, and Rick Michaels was in there, and he had just bled in a match with uh, with James Storm actually, and. Rick was sitting there still dripping blood trying to clean up. Like, I remember all that. So, yeah, it was it was super special for me. I, I've done two other shows previous to that at the fairground, and it was amazingly special with me. Um, Sean, still special for you? I assume so, but. Yeah, on my bucket list, the places to go. And so, like, getting to do that and getting to do it, especially, like, I wrestled Sam Shaw there, who is an, an old friend of mine. And got to do that there. Me and Spud tagged against Storm, who I go way back with, and Crimson, who's a close friend. And Crazy Steve recently, like I was just last night, like oh, that's amazing. Like that's it's the fairgrounds in Nashville. Like how much history is there? You know, I'm getting to be a part of that history. Maybe you know, maybe when people look back, some of my stuff will be mentioned. That'd be amazing. That'd be so cool. And like 
Funky, you know, Funky not doing a whole lot, but going to do it on kind of a big stage. And Steve, first time ever, you know, wrestling at the fairgrounds in Nashville or, the, you know, the asylum and, you know, with TNA and all that. And, and getting it to be with me and, and Tony, you know, Tony getting to manage me there again after all the Tuesday shots for my quarter back in the day, you know, like that's, that's awesome. Like, the fairgrounds is amazing. Yeah, and that's something that's cool, you know, Steve being Canadian. Uh, we were asking him last night, hey, man, have you ever worked here? And he, and he's like, nah, man, this is my first time, but I know, you know, this is where TNA started. And I know that, you know, a lot of Memphis history has happened here. So that means, you know, that's more than just territorial history. Like, it, it oh, made yeah. its way to Canada. Steve knows this history uh, of the fairgrounds, and it's a very special place. Yeah, that's what's wild. Cause, I mean, it means a lot to all of us because we grew up in the South. But, yeah, like for somebody to come down from Canada – but being a, a stu- you know enough of a student of the game to to know that history and and realize where he's at, I mean that's that's cool too. But yeah, I just I figured it had to be because I mean like I know you know me personally, uh, the the couple of, of arenas I got to wrestle in that I had went to as a kid, it was you know like man if I don't do anything else, this is awesome just because I've sat in those chairs out there and watched people for you know my whole childhood and here I am so. That's that's pretty cool. We'll shift gears. We asked a couple of meaningful questions, so I'm gonna hit hit you with this one. I want I want to hear uh, Plunkett. I want to hear your answer and Sean's as well. What is the perfect amount of super kicks to have in a match? Twenty-seven. <laughs> Twenty-seven is a pretty good answer. Um, I, I say if you want to say one Japan, less anyway. than the one that they stop reacting to them. <laughs> that's a fair answer. I will start throwing that into every interview now, just to be shitty. <laughs> that's a good question i've never had that one that's a good one <laughs> so so what's you know what's next on the agenda for you guys like like i say you know that was a a chance to wrestle in the fairgrounds last night and you know on a big show and i hear they're coming back and, and i went to uh i went to one of their shows the one where uh where nash was there and i saw sean wrestle on that one and um, you know they they they're going to keep running from what I hear. Yeah, oh, yeah, oh yeah. I've, I mean, I've watched him for years, like on Burt's TV and everything. And uh, I've seen the different incarnations you mentioned earlier. And that's, and that's one of those guys where you're like, well, how's that guy not signed? You know, I mean, he, he should be up there. But so so, what's next on the agenda to to move in that direction? Like, what what you know? What's the plan? God, is there? <laughs> Sorry, sorry, Pop. That's what you're on the um, plot, right? <laughs> <laughs> Shit, I got it. A lot of cuddling? <laughs> uh, he broke me. I'm sorry. Well, let, let me call <laughs> Paul and see if I can get a spot next week on NXT. <laughs> a little purple nerd boy. After Pat Patterson retired. So, oh. <laughs> So, so we know Sean's way to greatness. Uh, he'll probably beat me there. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> probably this closet. Um, <laughs> Sean's killing me, guys. I'm sorry. Um, my, uh, my, my goal is to get in better shape. Um, you know, I, like I said, I've dropped 52. I'd like to drop about 30 more. Uh, and, and if nothing else, like even even if not for look, just for cardiovascular, uh, I, I've done two hours my entire life. I'd like to do a uh, another hour sometime soon, probably with Sean because he's the only brother I know who can go an hour. Um, 
but no, no, man, just keep no hour for you and Neil or there. you and Flint. What's that? No hour for you and Flint or you and Neil. <laughs> uh, Neil, Neil can, you, can you stay in a headlock that long? I'll book that I, one too I, if I y'all want. I, I can lay there as long as you want to. <laughs> can that be on the same the same card as uh, Sean and Chuck Taylor death match, no build? Me and Neil hour oh, yeah, headlock double, match. Double main event. Now, y'all, you guys can co-headline that. <laughs> double main <laughs> event. Oh yeah. Uh, now let let us be the second main event so we get to roll around in all the deathmatch stuff. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah. All no, the fake grenades, my... invisible grenades that got thrown. <laughs> all the invisible grenades, yes. My, uh, <laughs> all the my goal then is just try to keep getting on, on bigger and better shows, more notoriety. Uh, right now I'm blessed enough to be a part of Trident True Pro Wrestling, which has had some really amazing shows. Um, it, it, it's Everyone says they have a home, they have a, a booking that they would cancel another booking for, and, you know, it's their number one. And right now, Tried and True Pro Wrestling's mine. Um, they they have huge shows. Uh, they bring in lots of talent, but they also showcase uh, some more local talent. Um, and I, and I'm, I feel blessed and lucky to be a part of that roster. We've got guys like Sean, Crazy Steve, Sam Shaw, Crimson. I mean, you're basically seeing a TNA show with the best that the uh, the local market has to offer. Um, right, and so I like I'm be, I'm being able, and he's not in here, so I'm definitely not just blowing smoke up his ass, but I'm being able to do some amazing stuff with Crazy Steve, some really creative stuff that all spawned, honestly spawned from a comedy match that really got over, and they're like, hey, we could do something with this, and it's led to over a year of an extremely fun a- angle. Sean Schultz has been battling out with a young guy named Alex Taylor. Uh, yeah, cra- crazy Steve's in me, like I said. Uh, we've got Crimson's been battling out with between two guys, Josephus Brody and Sam Shaw. Uh, it, it, it's been some really cool, really special stuff. We, we've had crazy matches with Andrew Everett doing shooting stars to the outside uh, to, you know, to what? Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. To to me doing a tag match with Sean Schultz, I can't you know not mention that. <laughs> but but no, it, it it's one of those shows that we're talking about that has a little bit of everything. We we've had shows with you know exhibition style matches, old school style matches, monsters balls matches when we had Abyss in, um, you know, and women's matches, everything. But, the tried and true shows are, are, are more than just wrestling shows. They're kind of events. They have something for everybody. Uh, and when you see people at the meet and greets, it's not one of these meet and greets where, like, except when Jeff Hardy was there, uh, where all the stars are getting all the lines and nobody else is getting anything. Every person on that show has fans that come to their table and who want an autograph or just want to talk to them or want a picture. Um so it's one it's one of the most complete shows I've ever been a part of, and I'm really thankful to be a part of it. Awesome. I mean, that's, so that's good to have more shows, shows like, that. like that. Freedom Pro comes to that, uh, and you know, Sean Schultz is part of AIW now. Which if I would have known, if I would have said AIW five years ago and saw the high spot stuff, and be like Sean Schultz will be there, I'd have been like, what? <laughs> but that goes to Sean reinventing himself, and he can hang with everybody up there. You know what I mean? So it, it's just going to be – it's constantly reinventing yourself. 
uh, constantly staying fresh so people want to book you and trying to get on shows with more, more notoriety, more fans, so you can go to other shows with more notoriety and more fans and hope to keep building on that. Awesome. I know you kind of threw it in quickly, but before we, before we get out of here, is there anything else, anything you want to plug, anything Sean wants to plug while we got the, the opportunity here? Follow me on all my social media. Um, I, I'm on a – I'm going to even plug my Snapchat. And I will Snapchat, ladies, so I, I will I will screenshot this. I'm, I'm, I just want that out there. Uh, but on Twitter, Instagram, and uh, Snapchat, I'm Plunkitis. And on uh, you know Facebook, just look me up. I'm Jeremiah Plunkett. Um, I try my best to answer fans. Sometimes it gets a little crazy. I always try my best to answer every message, unless you send me something just totally ridiculous, and then I'm going to Kevin Kevin Owens you and block you. Uh, just look me up on Pro Wrestling Tees. Uh, I call myself the last of the journeyman, so if you're going to support the journey, please do that, Pro Wrestling Tees, or if you're at a live show, please come to a gimmick table, buy a T-shirt, please, I'm begging you. T-shirt, 8 by 10 bracelet, something. Um, but that's all mine. So, social media and supporting me. Uh, keep buying tickets to independent wrestling so that they can, you know, pay to bring Sean Schultz in, I can drive him or something like that. Sean, you got anything? Uh, all the social media, Twitter, I'm at Sean Schultz. That's four A's and two W's. Like Tracy uh, Smothers says it. That's right. Uh, Facebook.com <laughs> backslash everybody knows uh, MDV. Uh, also support the fuck, you know, Instagram, Sean Schultz, un- Sean underscore Schultz underscore fit. Also pro wrestling. Cause he's quite fit. <laughs> pro wrestling tees as well. Also, like, guys, go check out Next Generation Wrestling. It's in East Tennessee. Uh, we're in Newport, Tennessee next Sunday. It's me versus Abyss with some uh, crazy surprises probably happening there. Also, uh, How many Zs on that crazy? <laughs> a couple. And, uh, <laughs> and then also, uh, 83 Wrestling in Knoxville, Tennessee. Devin Driscoll's doing some amazing stuff there. Got myself, Ethan Page, Donovan Dijak, and uh, several others. I know the Chris Brothers will be there in June. Also, AIW in Cleveland, all the uh, videos and everything they do online. AIW is one of the best shows that are out there right now. If you Book want, me, John Thorne. If you want diversity, like uh, you got everybody from Hot Sauce, Tracy Williams, to Dick Justice, to myself, Ethan Page, Josh Prohibition, BJ Whitmer, uh, PB Smooth, Alex Daniels. I mean, you have just... A, a loaded card every single time. Swoggle is there every time. Eddie Kingston, who is friggin' amazing, and uh, so many other guys. And of course, just like Plucky said, <laughs> pro wrestling is is top notch across the board. You have guys that look like superheroes. You have guys that are entertainers. You have guys that are technical wrestlers. You have everything top to bottom, and a lot of really good looking ladies. So everybody, come check out. Everything that I'm doing, please support myself and Plunky and Crazy Steve, Abyss, Crimson, Bram, Eddie Kingston, and all the good brothers that are out there doing their thing. Shane Andrews is my best buddy in the world. Uh, please watch him. Bad Boys Club are traveling a lot right now. Pro Wrestling Freedom, that's in Indiana. Check that out. That's a good show as well. Uh, just, just support all the indies. All the brothers are working hard. Support all the indies we're booked on. Guys, I appreciate it. Every independent show in America. I'm working for all of them. <laughs> <laughs> and that—that's how you get booked on all of them. Plunking. Take notes. 
Gorilla Joint Lion's amazing. He has a powerful dick. But Sean is totally man enough to talk. Oh, I was there that night. I, I, man, I tried. Like that's people think that's work. <laughs> that guy's dick is powerful. Like that guy's dick is amazing. It's over. <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. How many people can say their dick is that over? Exactly. I've had many girlfriends. Not, not, not many. one of them has put it over that it much. Flipped me. Like it legitimately <laughs> flipped me. Good stuff. Well, all right, guys. I appreciate uh, Plunkett. It's always fun to have you on, and, and what a pleasant surprise having Sean on tonight, brother. We appreciate you joining in and uh, giving us some input. It was fun. Maybe we can have you on again down the line if you have time. But it sounds like you're pretty busy, so we'll uh, we'll hit you up one of these days and see. Pro wrestling. Pro wrestling, Daddy. All right, you guys be <laughs> safe God. traveling down the road and keep going. Man, yeah. All right, man. Thank you so much, Gene. Support Cheap Heat TV Absolutely. if he's putting anything out. Are you putting anything out, Gene? Ah, here and there. We're working on it. Definitely uh, <laughs> see that rate face Ronnie Jenkins shoot if that hasn't been pulled off airs. Um, yeah, definitely support Cheap Heat still TV out there. and this podcast. This was a lot of fun. Well, let me let me tell you one thing, Plunkett, before we let you go. In in August, there's going to be a softcore cup two at a bar. And me and Jeremy Flynn are going to be half lit doing commentary for this thing. Uh, and as I told Flynn, I'm like, this is either going to be our best one or our last one, but we're going out big. So <laughs> I'll definitely send you a copy of the DVD when it happens. Shoot me the date. If I'm not booked, I may pull a carload of people. I've got to see this. If nothing else, I can come down and get half lit. Hell yeah. I'll send it to you, brother. <laughs> All, right, All right, guys. guys take care. Thank you so much again. This was a lot of fun. Anytime, man. Later, guys. Have a good one. You too. All right, Neil. Jeremiah Plunkett with a surprise uh, impromptu appearance from Sean Schultz, a big uh, wrestling star throughout Nashville. And I think at some point, uh, even Crazy Steve was a part of that for a little bit there at the beginning. So, wow. Who who knew we were going to have someone who was part of the total deletion? Leslie would have been on here if we'd have known that. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I couldn't have run him out of the house if he had, if he had known that. That's uh, you know, I was you a question? Here thinking, <laughs> why did they leave Ricky, Ricky Martin stuck up in that thing hollering and screaming? Anyway, but but you know, it's it's uh, man, it's exciting to hear people talk about indie wrestling and and so excited about it and. And 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 willing to put in the work and want to put in the work to to make it to the next step and um, man, it's uh, you, you you summed it up. It's just an awesome time for uh, for the guys in indie wrestling. There's there's never been more opportunity for such a diverse um, such a diverse uh, uh, genre of people. Uh, the opportunity to make it now. It's just uh, it's awesome to hear. It is, man, because, you know, everybody gets bogged down on a lot of these bad shows and a lot of the guys that, that well, they don't have any business being in the ring and, and talking about how they're killing the business and everything. But, I mean, you know, for every one of those guys, you know, there there's guys like, you know, Plunkett and Sean Schultz there that are out there doing it right, professional, got a good attitude, and just, just trying to make it. And uh, that's that's the guys, uh, you know, you're rooting for, man. I You know, if I can ever turn my TV on, and uh, see either one of them on there, you know, put a huge smile on my face because they deserve it, man, because they've been putting in the work for years and still keeping a good attitude no matter what happens. 
and that's really cool. So glad to have them on. And uh, before we get to who we're going to have on next week, got to have some bad with the good, right? We talking, we've been talking about a lot of good stuff. <laughs> but what are we known for here on Locals of Legends Wrestling Radio each week? We bring you the bad, the bad promo of the week. <laughs> exactly. That's what me and Neil are known for, right? We bring yeah. you bad shit. We're the negative guys. But uh, we we try to overcome that with positive guests so that we can be negative shitheads in the meantime. When they hang, so. when they hang up. That's <laughs> they hang up. We, we sing all this positive shit, and then they hang out like, all right, let's get to some negative shit here. Let's, let's get real. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, sometimes we bring you – Exactly. God forbid when Leslie's here, it gets really bad. Uh, I, one of the things I listened to driving was one of our episodes with Leslie on. <laughs> Some of this stuff that was said, I was like, oh, boy. Uh, anyway. Um, <laughs> so, you know, sometimes we bring you uh, local promos of, of guys who are locals, and then uh, sometimes we bring you bad promos from legends because that's what the title, you know, implies. It's not just about the guest. It's also about the promos as well, because last week our bad promo featured none other than Mr. Hulk Hogan himself, right? No bigger legend in wrestling than that. Well, this week uh, we got a guy who uh, is somewhat legendary in the business, and I guess maybe made even more so as he's been made fun of quite frequently on uh, wrestling's most over podcast in the world, uh, Something to Wrestle with Bruce Prichard. Uh, the man they refer to as Cock-A-Doodle-Doo Man you hear Bruce doing those ridiculous, you know, cock-a-doodle-doo sounds. Well, here's why. If you've never heard a Red Rooster promo <laughs> from one Terry Taylor, this one is a doozy. So sit back and take a listen. This is not a parody. Uh, this is this was actually aired on <laughs> WWF television in around 1989 in the hopes of drawing a house. This is Terry Taylor as the Red Rooster. <laughs> There's a lot of things going on in the World Wrestling Federation right now. And yes, the Red Rooster wants to get his claw right in the middle of it and stir it up a little bit. A lot of people have been saying, what's been going on, Rooster? Well, everything's going on. The World Wrestling Federation is number one. And yes, the Red Rooster's trying to claw his way to the top of this federation. There's a lot of great talent around here, and I'll tell you why. Because the fans are the greatest. I thank each and every one of you Rooster Boosters, because with your support and my Rooster Wing Hulk, I don't feel like there's a guy here that I can't beat. I'm not saying the competition isn't tough, because it really is. But with people out there, when I'm down and I'm tired and I'm sweating, I don't think I can have any more energy. The Rooster Boosters, go on, get up, Rooster, you can do it. And I will. Jesus. Uh, (laughs) So, you know, back in the day, uh, Neil, were you a Rooster Booster? Or (laughs) are you spiking your hair up and uh, cock-a-doodling? I don't want to doubt. I want a damn T-shirt that's got Rooster Booster on it. I can't believe somebody <laughs> has to come up with that. <laughs> we, we've got to send that one in to Conrad and Bruce Pritchard and see if that can get show up on their <laughs> on their website as well. Maybe we'll send him this clip via uh, Twitter, and maybe that'll be Rooster Booster will show up on there because that that would be amazing. Good lord. <laughs> It, it, and that really happened, you know. That that's not that's not five dollar wrestling. That's not you know guys in North Carolina trying to do comedy. That was on prime time wrestling in 1989. Red Rooster was featured in a match at WrestleMania five. And Vince <sighs> McMahon thought that was going to get over. Yeah, <laughs> I mean he thought 
He thought that was going to get over. That was going to be the WWF's version of of Ric Flair. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, he was, you know, I had always heard, of course. Life. Yeah, Pritchard swears everything wasn't a rib, but for years I had always heard people say in shoot interviews that the Red Rooster was a rib on Ric Flair, and you know it made sense because you know he wore the hell even the little road thing he wore was similar to something Flair would wear, and he did the Flair strut and all that, and then of course you know Flair shows up there two years later, but. Wow, yeah. So, and, you know, and, and the funny thing about hearing that now, because I hadn't heard it in years, is Bruce's, uh, you know, his cockadoodle-doo when he makes fun of cockadoodle-doo, man's pretty pretty dead on there. <laughs> it sure is. Um, I was watching um, a, uh, I, I was watching a, a, I think it was a pay-per-view from when uh, Terry Taylor went to WCW and he wore that, he wore that, that, uh, that red jacket with the feathers on it or whatever, the, the sequin looking feathers. <laughs> I couldn't believe yes, it. Yes. And they had covered up had, Rooster had, with uh, Terrence well, Taylor. <laughs> yeah. 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 They had put a new patch across <laughs> the back that covered up the word Rooster with Terrence Taylor it was when he was the computerized man of the nineties or whatever with, uh, Alexandra <laughs> York. <laughs> yeah. That man, I tell you what, his jackets got reused, you know, because he had that, he had that black, red, and silver one that he wore in UWF in like 1987. And you know, James Storm, or not James Storm, but Bobby Roode was wearing that same damn robe on TNA like two years ago. They had dusted it off and oh, put wow. Roode on the back over Taylor, and so <laughs> yeah, wow. that robe is he has definitely got every bit of his money's worth out of that robe for sure. Wow. Can't keep so real quick here. No, absolutely not. It was it was sharp. You know, since it had Taylor on the yeah. back, I was you know I hated you didn't get a hold of it at some point. You could have rocked that. Well, hell, maybe at some point. I hope it comes in a three X. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I know we spend a lot of time talking, you know, putting over you know some other podcasts on here, and especially the Bruce Pritchard one, but. I do want to mention this because we mentioned Dustin Starr at the beginning of this, and and I I'm assuming you've probably heard this because they listen, you know, you listen to them pretty quick. Uh, but on on Dustin's radio show that he does, uh, you know, in Memphis, you know, they had Jerry Jarrett on as a guest, and yes, apparently live, they yeah. they yeah, and they asked Jerry Jarrett if he was a number one if he was aware of his recent fame, and of course he 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 wasn't. And was he aware that Bruce Pritchard had a podcast? And he wasn't. And uh, they end up asking him about his chicken salad recipe. And he goes and rattles off this chicken salad recipe, everything but the walnuts. And they they put it at the end of this, this Friday's. You can hear the whole interview with Dustin and Cerrito on, on Cerrito Live. It's, it's available. Uh, or you can go and listen to this past week's um, – something to wrestle with Bruce Pritchard and they, they stuck it at the end of the show. And the and the great thing about their version of it was they had a bell that dinged every time Jerry Jarrett said one of the words, you know, that Bruce does in his impression. And it was tremendous because like he said, you know, like probably eight times <laughs> and he rattled <laughs> off that chicken salad impression sounded just like Bruce doing it. It was the greatest oh thing ever. So, I mean, I, haven't heard I suggest <laughs> Have you not? Oh my gosh! Yeah. No, I haven't heard it. It's yet. at the end of the the, the <laughs> WWECW episode, but yeah, I suggest going and listening to both. But somebody had edited it together for him and sent it to Conrad, 
And every time he'd say, you know, and they would ding a bell. And he said it, and they only played like a minute and a half of the interview, and he said it like six or seven times during that minute and a half. And they asked him, you know, they said, uh, you know, what's your favorite recipe? And he said something about pasta. And they go, well, what about chicken salad? He goes, And they go, he goes, oh, yeah, I make chicken salad. And they go, well, how do you make it? And he's like, well, you know, you, you take chicken. And I swear to God, it might as well have been Bruce. Oh, it was Lord. the greatest thing I, ever. Yeah. At least, at least download the the uh, podcast and just skip to the last two minutes and listen to that first because it is well worth it. It's awesome. Uh, but anyway, back to let's promote our podcast for a change next Sunday night. <laughs> uh, if you can manage to stay up till 10 p.m., uh, we are going to be joined by another special guest, another guy that's that's doing uh, big things in the world of wrestling, and that's uh, the Golden Boy. Greg Anthony. Now, I know you're probably more familiar with him than I am. Tell us a little bit about Greg, for those who don't know. Well, Greg Anthony's been a fixture in uh, West uh, West Tennessee wrestling for, God, as long as I can remember. Uh, always been just a, uh, a superb hand in the ring. Uh, here in the last uh, two or three years, he's really, uh, really taken off. Uh, uh, he's won a couple of national NWA titles. Um Worked on uh, the uh, a couple of cards for the NWA Clash of Cha- uh, Clash of Champions. Um, um, freak! I I've totally lost my track of thought. He was he worked a couple of the the Cauliflower Alley shows. Um, right. Uh, like in helped, Vegas. Uh, help. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Help start up the. Uh, um, the new promotion that's that's kind of reignited wrestling in the Dyersburg, Dyer, Tennessee area, NWA Mid South. Um, so uh, it'd be exciting to hear uh, hear him um, and uh, some of the stories the last couple of years and uh, some of the experiences he's 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 uh, been on and um, also here maybe talk a little bit about the, the Derek King retirement. I know that uh, he worked with Derek a great deal. Um, throughout the years, and uh, I've worked with him a few times, and uh, should be should be entertaining to uh, to have a it should be a good conversation to have with uh, the Golden Boy. Yeah, looking forward to that. And you know, and I, you know, all joking aside at the beginning, you know, we do wish Derek well if he does stay retired, and if he says he is, then he is. And uh, we've both. Um, Learned a lot from him over the years, and like I say, he's a good friend and one of the most fun people you can ever be around in wrestling. And I've got a lot of compliments and emails. You know, the episode that Derek was on that you know people said that was one of our most fun episodes ever. And so we'll try to have him on again soon or sooner than later. Uh, If if the retirement sticks, we'll talk about retirement, and if it doesn't, we'll talk about his his grand return. But there'll always be something to talk about uh, with him on the show. Uh, if there's anybody you would like to hear on the show, or if you're a wrestler and you would like to be on the show, uh, contact us. We'll try our best to make that happen, if at all possible. Uh, I don't know how soon we can make it happen. We do have, you know, some people lined up, but we will try our best to work that in. You can email us at localstolegends at mail.com, or you can contact me or Neil, either one, on Facebook, and uh, we will get back with you, and we'll try to make that happen. Absolutely. So, uh, again, I, I, I can't uh, suggest enough that you go check out Neil's interview with Kill Pop Culture. Uh, really fun interview, some great stories from throughout Neil's 
wrestling career um some that he's he's definitely never told on here so it'll be something new for you and again you know neil spends most of his time on here uh interviewing everybody else so it's not always uh an opportunity for him to share stories is when the spotlight's on him and these guys are asking and those guys are big wrestling fans and have been for years uh, which helps it's not just two guys that are just like hey let's have this wrestler on and, and talk to him and then you know these guys have followed wrestling in that area for a long time so they you know they they know what they're talking about and they know what they're asking so be sure and check it out we'll have the link up on com here shortly and you can go give that interview a listen and uh if you like it go on neil's page and tell him and if you don't like it you can tell him yeah. too. i don't care not most yeah, that'll, that'll work, work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and if you can go uh Go listen to uh, the interview with, with uh, myself and, and Dustin Starr. Or if you want to skip past 15 minutes past Dustin Starr's stuff, you can go right to mine. Uh, but there are a couple of funny <laughs> funny stories in there that, that BT enjoyed uh, in the podcast about us wrestling Lawler, about you know Lawler's shoulder and the fact that a member of the cast of uh, A Christmas Story was involved and Brian Christopher was the impromptu uh, participant as well so he enjoyed it and and i've gotten a few people that have messaged me on facebook uh and and tweeted me that they enjoyed it as well so check that out I, i'm shitty because i don't have a link to it i'll put that up on the uh, localsthelegends.com as well so i'm ill prepared i forgot i even did it until neil brought it up earlier i thought he did so. <laughs> I'm actually, he, I'm he messaged me at like 11 o'clock at night i'm sitting here watching you know the network and uh he messaged me he's like, "Hey, what are you doing?" I said, "I'm watching Old Mid South." And he's like, "Want to do a podcast real quick?" And I'm sure. Next thing I know, I'm doing a podcast out of the blue. So that's how BT rolls. The last one I did with him was the same way. So. Doesn't give me time to make up any bullshit. Wow. He gets the truth that way. <laughs> <laughs> it may be strategic on I'm his looking, part. I don't know. It could be. I'm looking forward to hearing it though. I want to. I want to definitely check that out. Yeah, please do. Let me know what you think. And uh, we'll be back here next week with the golden boy, Greg Anthony. And I know we're uh, about 10 minutes, 11 minutes shy of what we usually run, but uh, I know Mr. Taylor is tired. I'm certainly tired, and i got to get up early and go to work, as does he. So we're going to go ahead, and we're <laughs> going to take this one home early because, uh, you know, we can. So, and there's no need for us to sit here and just freaking ramble and babble for 10 minutes as I have been prone to do in the past. So we're going to give them the old go home sign and we're going to cue this week's theme music that we're closing with. And we will look forward to you all joining us back here again next Sunday night, live at 10 PM central standard time for another edition of locals, to legends wrestling radio. tell you something nobody knows more about being cool than the hitman and let me tell you something it is not cool to smoke be a survivor and don't smoke